Hello everyone and welcome to another beer review. Now today we're back on the ales and uh, what we're doing is we're doing a Green King beer. Um, I haven't had this one but we're doing their IPA reserve. There you go. Mm -hmm. So this is an IPA reserve. It's uh, 500ml, 5.4%. Again, there'll be more beer facts down below. Um, and yeah, apparently it's rich and fruity. Mm. Does her like my woman. Um, <laughs> well, I don't give a shit about the fruity part, but the rich... The, the, that's a big attraction. Um, but yeah, so there's a bit of spiel in the back. Oh, what was it going to say? First of all, aromas. So it's fruity, floral, and spicy. Spicy hop. So it's fruity, floral, and spicy hop. Taste is malty, warming, and full-bodied with floral notes. And what does it say? Grapefruit, orange, Grapefruit, orange and citrus tones combine with the floral and herbal Styrian Goldings hops to deliver a rich ale. Jesus, I mean, look how small that rightness. You don't realise I'm blind for God's sake, Jesus. But anyway, there's some spill in the back. I can read that because it's a little bit bigger, but apparently Green King IPA Reserve. Our brewing heritage dates back to 1799. The roots set down by Benjamin Green and Frederick King are embedded in the way we make our beer at our Westgate Brewery today. Green King IPA Reserve is a warming, full-bodied ale with mellow fruit aroma and reassuringly rich appearance. So there you go. Leave that with you, bro. Any other shit? No, there we go. Right, let's get this crack this open. Come on, let's crack it open and see if there's all this fruitiness and richness and citrusiness and oh god, is everything in it, by the way. Well, probably good for the environment as well, you know. Zero carbon, low emissions. Anyway, let's find out. Right. It's a clear bottle for people in the, the podcast, so god knows what we're going to get on it. And it's not the darkest of beers either, it being an IPA, of course. So, what are we getting? Yeah, not a bad head on it, but a bit one finger. You bit of tightness, but there's a bit of the larger bubbles in the centre. So, yeah. yeah. Colour-wise, kind of light copper colour. Kind of, kind of amberish colour. Smell-wise, I'm getting malt. Now I'm getting more. A little bit of spiciness. Maybe a hint of hops. I'm not really getting citrus. I'm not really getting citrus. Slightly marmalade tones. Kind of shredded marmalade. But they're not really identifying as so much as citrus, it's just kind of more kind of slightly marmalade. Overall, it smells quite nice. The the head's now kind of died down to kind of, well, well, kind of usual 
solid in English earlier, didn't I? Just get a um, a wisp of a head. So let's see what it tastes like. Right. Right. There is a bit of floralness there. There is a little bit of citrus kind of bitterness. I'm not saying sourness because the citrus just isn't really strong enough to kind of give you the kind of the sour tones that you would expect from kind of uh, more modern styles of IPAs and especially more kind of craft style. Put on in this chair, but it's creaking away like a bastard. Um, but there is that little bit of bitterness um, there. And uh, it's quite mild. I I would have probably expected it to be a bit more. Um, going by the description, you know, being a reserve and maybe trying to appeal more towards kind of craft beer drinkers, I would have expected it just to be a, a little bit more in the kind of hoppy taste um, from a kind of citrus or orange, because it did say orange in it. Malty and they are saying full body with a floral note. So saying full body with floral notes, but grapefruit, orange and citrus tones. I'm not really getting that. I mean I'm getting obviously citrus tones, but I'm not really getting grapefruit or orange. And the tones aren't really that strong enough to identify um what type of citrus they are. They're just that kind of slightly kind of generic kind of citrus kind of accent. Because they're just not strong enough or clear enough to kind of identify how oh, I'm getting grapefruit, I'm getting orange, whatever, you know. Well, not a bad level. It's uh, carbonation, it's a bit of a strange one. Carbonation is slightly hitting the roof of the mouth a bit when you're drinking it. I'm not saying it's overly carbonated, but it is just reacting a bit more on the roof of the mouth than I would have expected, especially for my Green King, which are usually kind of lower carbonated beers from the bottle anyway. They're, they're not usually overly carbonated. But I'm just maybe getting a little bit more carbonation than I would have expected, and it is kind of, you're feeling it on the roof of the mouth as you're kind of swallowing past the mid tum. But yeah. But yeah, there's a bit of fruitiness there. So it's but again it's slightly light dried fruits. More like you know, like a slightly sultanerish um with a little bit of citrus. It's like um here we go, here comes the bacon analogies again, you're probably thinking, here's that fucker that's it again. Well I am. Um it's like sometimes when you were doing kind of fruit cakes together and a little bit more body when you're doing a light fruit cake not a dark fruit cake my mum used to do a light fruit cake it was quite nice with uh with sultanas um not with raisins but with sultanas and uh glassy cherries but what she used to do was again unlike the fruit loaves where she would um steep the fruit 
to get the sugar out of the fruit to basically you know, reduce the amount of sugar we'd add to the fruit loaves. I know, I know you're probably saying, the fuck is he on about? But there is a point to this. But sometimes you would do to kind of lighten up the... Our light fruit cakes, um, which were very nice. They were really nice, so fucking easy to eat. But she used to do two versions. She used to do a standard version where everything was just done the way it was and kind of normally. And then she used to do one, and she used to do it occasionally in the summer. Um, didn't do it as, as much as she probably should have done because they were really nice. Was that she used to steep the, the fruit, the kind of sultanas, and the glassy cherries and a little bit of orange juice just a little bit of orange juice and even then she would slightly top up with water so again it wouldn't be full kind of orange juice but what it would do is just give you little citrus accents again you wouldn't really taste the orange but you'd get little citrus accents throughout it and again it just basically um, made the fruit and the cake just so juicy and this is what it reminds me of what reminds me of that kind of fruit that's been steeped because you've got that light citrus and you've got slightly kind of light kind of dried fruit i.e um sultanas and it just gives me that kind of memory because uh, it has little tones of citrus through these kind of dry fruity flavors so there is a reason why i'm telling you this and that's what it's like as if like the cake's been done that way and my mum didn't make this cake very often, that style with the orange juice, but, uh, she, and if she was going to make it, she'd more, more likely make it in the summer months. And it just made it kind of lighter, fresher cake than it was. Um, and this kind of gives me that kind of feel, but it doesn't give me the kind of light freshness in a beer form. Give me a slightly more darker feel for an IPA it has given me a richer kind of flavour profile so it does they did say it's rich and fruity and I would say with this the citrus reacting with the kind of dried fruit kind of flavour profiles it is giving me a kind of richness that you wouldn't expect um, so much from an IPA and uh, especially one that's maybe a bit more kind of modern style IPA. They're more kind of on the basis of freshness and uh, heavy and citrus and everything else. This is a lot richer than that. So if you're into the kind of more craft beer IPAs and things like this, one, the citrus flavours aren't enough. I don't think they'd be enough to satisfy you. And secondly, I think the body and the, the dried fruit and it was a slight floralness as well. We just make it a little bit too rich probably for what you'd be looking for in an IPA. So it is more directed to it. I don't know why they've kind of went with it. It's flavour wise. It seems to be more directed towards traditional beer drinkers. But the way it's kind of been kind of described and packaged, I would probably say that they're trying to kind of attract a little bit of the, the craft beer side of it as well. But overall, it's quite nice beer. Yeah. So it is. 
is unmistakably Green Kingdom. One thing I do notice, I mean, there's just some slight tones you're getting there. And some of these tones just remind you of Abbott Ale. It does. It just, it's, it's that type of thing. Is like certain breweries get a kind of signature flavour. So they do. From their process and their ingredients and everything else. And even when they make a different beer and they're looking to add different flavour profiles. It is giving you something that's attached, connected to other signature beers from that. And yeah. I'm not surprised to get these kind of flavour tones that just remind me in, in certain aspects of Abbott's Abbott Ale. But also, it's it's quite prevalent. So in a blind taste test, you would you would think to, if I was drinking this in a blind taste test, I wouldn't think IPA from Green King. I would say, is it some sort of Abbott Ale spin-off. Now, I've done both the style of the Abbott Ales, you know, looking at the Abbott Ale and do the special reserve one. And yes, um, just a special reserve one just seems to be like, you know, a richer concentrated version of Abbott Ale, but they have that kind of tones, and the tones are in this as well, that kind of uh, rich, fruity tones, and yeah. So, yeah. Overall, yeah, it's a nice beer, and uh, I don't know if I would buy it again, though, because I don't think it's offering me enough to really say that, yeah, I mean, these tones are nice, but they're a better kind of intensity if you're buying it in Abbott Ale, not even the Special Reserve one, just the standard Abbott Ale, because there's a nice kind of intensity, it's not too rich. The good thing about Abbey Ale is it gives you these nice tones, but it's also quite sessionable. This is also sessionable as well, but you've just got kind of slightly other flavour tones that I I can do without. I don't really need them there. Um, other people might want these or prefer, you know, these kind of Abbey Ale tones, but with other additional flavours as well to kind of make it more interesting or maybe make it more towards their palate. <clears throat> so, yeah. It could be something that you might prefer this more than Abbott Ale. So if you do like Abbott Ale or you are an Abbott Ale drinker, then I would probably say give this a go because you might be quite surprised. You maybe find that this is um, another beer in the range that you might like. No, or not, as the case may be. But yeah. Overall, I find it actually not too bad. Let's break down the flavours. Start off, you're getting a good level of malt, nice bit of grain, nice kind of bit of sweetness as well there. Not overly sweet, but there's a good kind of uh, base sweetness there. I wouldn't say it's a sweet ale in any way, shape or form, but there is a, a good foundation for the sweetness and it does feel connected to the malt and that kind of um, trifecta you're getting in or trifecta in the front of the mouth just works well so it does there's a, a, a nice kind of overall feel to it 
moves over to the kind of mid-tongue and that's when you're starting to get the kind of hops making appearance. Now the sweetness is slightly dissipated. Malt still a decent level, grain still a decent level. But you're still kind of... With the sweetness, you just start to get this kind of slight kind of fruitiness and floralness. That's the two things you're getting initially in the mid-tongue that's appearing. And yeah, you're getting this kind of fruitiness, this kind of dried fruit. And you're getting light floralness. But as it gets to the kind of end of the mid-tongue, the floralness is slightly kind of dissipated a bit, but you're starting getting a light citrus accent. And the citrus accents with the dried fruit, with this kind of foundation of sweetness and the malt, just kind of adds to this kind of richness and it does feel like a kind of um, slightly fruitcake. So it does. And uh, when you move into the aftertaste, Yeah. The sweetness still remains, the malt still remains. You've got a little bit of dried fruit in your well sugar. The citrus tones are just slightly ever so slightly ramping up. And it's it's quite a how would you say? It's quite a nice finish. Um but it's not a clean finish. It's not a lingering finish either. Because there's quite a lot of flavours that are just still there. But the problem is they're not really dissipating individually. They're kind of dissipating as a group. So you've got these flavours of the malt, the dried fruit, the citrus. It's the kind of last legs of the sweetness. And they're just there. And it just gives it quite a rich finish. Because I'd probably say it's like in the, the, last, the last hurrah, you know, crescendo just before it starts to, and they all kind of dissipate, kind of, together. And, yeah, overall, it's quite a strong finish. But again, not overly bitter because of that, because you've got these other flavours there that, yeah, there is a bit of bitterness there with the, the citrus accent. But, in nowhere near would I say it, it's, it's a bitter finish. Um, in any way, shape or form and there's definitely no sourness there either so if you're looking for that then you're not really going to get it and yeah, I would probably say yes it is more of a it's hard to say, it's an IPA because the amount of malt and everything else I'm just talking about from what we perceive as an IPA now I would say yes, it is more like a traditional IPA because it has the malt um the hops were there for to provide something else. They weren't there for the to give you loads of hoppy flavours. Um, it wasn't the original point of adding all these hops. Now it's different, so you are getting a little bit more of the hops playing a part in the flavour profile. But the malt and the sweetness and everything else is providing that kind of richness that you just wouldn't get in a, a modern. IPA, so there's a lot more body there, a lot more richness to it, and like I say, you're getting these tones of Abbott Ale. Um, to the point is, I'm starting to kind of think, is this maybe a, a hopped Abbott Ale? Because that's what I'm starting to get. I'm getting as I'm drinking more of it, 
I'm starting to kind of maybe think that this is Abbott Ale, but with more hops in it. And that's what it feels like. Um, and maybe it is. Maybe that's what they've done. They've taken the kind of Abbott Ale recipe and sort of twisted it with a little bit more malt, um, not malt, um, a little bit more hops added to it and things like that. And they've just basically sort of tweaked it from the hop side and then called it, you know, IP Reserve. It's a nice enough beer. And uh, what would I give this out of 10? Um, yeah, that's a question. What would I give it a 10? Mm. An overall score. Now, this is the thing is that you may understand is that I'm working to a different scale and doing laggers. And it is more specific towards laggers. I'm not including it as the same type of scale from, out of 10 as ales and that. Because I just don't think lagers could stand up to ales. So let's be total. If you put them head to head, there's just not enough flavour profiles and everything else in lagers that can... in kind of more traditional base lagers. Um, I eat of the lighter kind. I'm not talking about the the darker kind, which is probably more of the original style than, than the lighter ones. Um, well, until they all started stealing that technology from the British. Uh, yeah, there you go. A lot of people don't seem to realise that uh, without without the British, you wouldn't have had your Pilsners and you wouldn't have all your uh, face beers and all this type of stuff. And you're all basically creeping your panties over the German lagers and the Czech lagers and everything else. Well, they were burning the arse out of their malts and everything else and their grains and everything else. Jesus, that's why they were all basically dunkle drinkers, so they were. Um, the problem is that uh, we were likely roasting our malts over here for our ales and things like that, and just, yeah, and our grains. And they all basically stole that technology because they couldn't do it themselves. So when you all love your Czech beers and your German lagers and everything else, well, let's be totally honest, you wouldn't have had it without the British because it was their technology that changed the brewing styles in Germany and also in the Czech Republic and a lot of other places as well. The only problem is we weren't doing it to make laggers. We were doing it to kind of give them those different options in the ale front and uh, totally opened up a completely new market and a new way of brewing in a lot of these other European countries. So when everybody wants to kind of wax lyrical about all these European countries, well, first thing you need to know is the British was just so far ahead of everybody else, seriously, from that front. Then, hey, there you go. Um, they all had to basically copy and steal. And I, I mean, and I mean steal. You know, a lot of them actually came over here and basically purposely to steal the technology that the, the British brewers were using and the different techniques of the molten houses and everything else. And Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. A traditional Czech beer and a traditional German beer was a dark beer. It wasn't like they, they couldn't make light beers because they were burning. I mean, they weren't even like dark roasting. Everything was just burnt because they could not control it and everything else. And that's what we're getting. And they were quite bitter and sour in a lot of ways because they were using burnt. Um, 
get eighteenths. Yeah, they were not that roasted. Some of them were just absolutely arse bun out of them. So yeah, and uh, there you go. So what would I give this out of ten? As I'm waxing on about other things, um, it's a strange one. I'm going to give it a. I'm told I'm, I'm trying between a six and a six and a half. <sighs> I feel it's a, it could be a six because I feel that there's a bit of jiggery pokery going on. It's like an overhopped Abbott Ale. But then you look at it and you're thinking, well, it's still quite a nice beer in its own right. And the hoppiness and everything else is kind of controlled and it kind of works together anyway. They haven't kind of overhopped it, you know, for hopping sake at the expense of the actual beer, which happens quite a lot. You'd be quite surprised, especially in the craft beer industry. You think, well, you've overhopped that, and you're only just doing it because you want this hop flavour, and you're now disregarding other flavours that were originally in the beer before you started hopping the arse out of it. So that happens quite a lot, and they'll claim that they meant to do it. You think, mm-hmm. you didn't give a shit. Let's be totally honest. You didn't mean to do it because you, you would. You weren't even actually kind of concentrating on that. You just wanted hop, 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 and were happy to disregard any other flavours that were there initially in the actual wort. But anyway, um, so I'll be fair, I'm going to give it a six and a half, but as a caveat, it does feel like it's just a hopped over um, Abbott Ale. So if you like Abbott Ale, you might like this with a little bit more hops, because that's what it feels like. But yeah. It's a 5.4%, 500 mil, 6.5 out of 10. Would I recommend it? Yeah, go and give it a try. If you're into these type of beers like along the lines of um, the Abbott Ales of the world and things like that, and equivalents like maybe Speckled Hens and maybe into your kind of Witchwood uh, brewery kind of things, and all these kind of slightly kind of mid-roast amber ales and things like that then yeah um, with a bit of kind of richness, a bit of fruitiness then yes um, give it a go because you might like it because it feels like the, like a, a kind of a rich amber ale but with a, a little bit more hops added to it so yeah so Six and a half out of ten, five point four percent. Thanks for watching. Cheers. Bye for now.